Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, how an administrative error could have seen Molly Martins walk free. 28 days since returning to jail, news of Molly Martins' unexpected release began to break on both sides of the Atlantic to the shock of both authorities and Jason Corbett's family. It seems beyond credence that the family of a man who was beaten to death in such appallingly violent circumstances, they actually learned about the projected early release of his killers from the Irish media. If this was realised after Tom and Molly Martins had walked free, I think there is very little chance that they would have been brought back into custody once the mistake had been realised. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Ralph Regal. Southern correspondent with the Irish Independent to unpack the latest twist in this ongoing story of Molly Martins and the reaction from Jason Corbett's family. Ralph, we're going to discuss the latest confusing and shocking twist in the tale of Tom and Molly Martins. But I was wondering if you could just take us back first, because you were in North Carolina last month for the sentencing of the pair following a dramatic last minute plea deal. Can you just give us a recap of what happened? Yeah, I will, Ellen. Basically, what happened was that we had a plea bargain arrangement before Davidson County Superior Court sitting in Lexington in North Carolina. They had served three years and eight months of their 20 to 25 year prison sentence. And we were expecting a full retrial on the second degree murder charge. So then in October, we had a two-week sentencing hearing. And rather than it being a retrial, um, the family were shocked to discover that a plea bargain arrangement had been agreed between the defence legal teams and the prosecution. And on the basis of that that plea bargain arrangement, uh, Tom and Molly Martins would admit the voluntary manslaughter of Jason Corbett. And in return, uh, the prosecution would drop the second degree murder charge. So instead of it being a retrial hearing, it actually became a sentencing hearing. Molly Corbett and her father, Thomas Martins, will spend more time in prison. A judge in Davidson County sentenced the pair to four to six years, but they will only serve seven months to two years after getting credit for the three years and eight months that they have already served. Molly Corbett agreed to a plea deal. She pleaded no contest to voluntary manslaughter in the death of her husband, Jason Corbett, back in 2015. And her father, Thomas Martins, pleaded guilty to the same charge. So essentially, uh, Tom and Molly would received an extra seven months uh, in custody. And that was from the date of the sentencing hearing, which was November the 8th. So as far as we knew, both Tom and Molly Martins were expected to be in prison until next summer. Uh, Correct. Judge Hall, he gave 
give them full credit for the time that they had already spent in custody, which was essentially uh, three years and eight months. And Judge Hall then added seven months to that sentence. So it's important to note that that was a minimum sentence. If either had misbehaved in custody, it was fully within the remit of the parole board to actually extend that sentence by a further year. But the minimum sentence that they would serve would be seven months. So on that basis, they should have been eligible for parole at the end of May or in the middle of June of, of 2024. All three of them took the stand and shared a victim impact statement. Through sobs and tears, they described Jason as a wonderful family-loving man who would do anything for anyone. Okay, but then over the weekend, I think there was some, some concerns and some rumors that both of them might be getting out this week. What happened? Yeah, it was quite sensational, the developments of the last 24 hours, Ellen. What happened was that it, it, within the media, um, it was learned that on the North Carolina Department of Corrections website, it was confirmed that Tom and Molly would be released, that Tom would be released on uh, December the 5th, and that Molly would be released on December the 6th. Now, of course, this immediately caused consternation. Um, when I saw it, I initially thought it was a typographical error. In the United States, uh, they regularly write uh, the month, the day, and then the year. And if you change the year from 2023 to 2024, the dates that were on the website actually made sense. But then the Department of Corrections issued an email statement confirming that the dates on the website were correct, that Tom would be released on Tuesday, December the 5th, and that Molly would be released on Wednesday, December the 6th. And that caused absolute outrage, um, not just in, in Ireland, but in the United States, where people thought that that was an incredibly lenient calculation of a sentence on the basis of the crime that both had admitted. This wasn't a shoplifting offence. It wasn't, um, you know, a, a vehicle theft. This, these were two people who admitted beating a man to death with a metal baseball bat and with a concrete paving slab. And the family, I mean, initially waited for confirmation. The family, I think, had been hoping and praying that it would be a mistake, that it would be some kind of typographical error. But when the statement of confirmation came from the, the Department of Corrections in North Carolina, they were absolutely outraged. They described it as a betrayal of them. They had consistently said since 2015 that they put their faith and trust in the justice system in North Carolina. And they said having seen Molly and Tom Martins secure a seven-month prison extension, uh, sentence extension on the basis of appalling attacks on the character of Mr. Corbett, suddenly they would be released from custody having spent just four weeks extra behind bars. And if that wasn't dramatic enough to get this confirmation that the information that appeared on the on the website was correct and that they were due to be released this week, then within hours, the story changed again. Is that right? Correct. It, it's almost beyond belief that when you're dealing with a crime as serious as this, that there could be errors as basic as what happened. So within a couple of hours um, of, first of all, the Department of Corrections confirmed that the release dates were, were correct. The next thing, um, we heard rumblings that 
there may be some kind of an investigation underway into the calculation of how those release dates came about. Now, how it works in North Carolina is that the district attorney's office has nothing to do with prisoners. Once a person is convicted and taken into custody, it stops being their responsibility. When someone is in custody, who's charged with their care is the North Carolina Department of Corrections. And within the North Carolina Department of Corrections, there's an office called the Combined Records Office. And what they do is they look at the, the court records, they look at the behavior of the two individuals, they look at their prior convictions, if any, and they look at their behavior in custody. And they calculate not just the release date, but they also calculate their parole um, coverage. And they were the ones that calculated that Tom and Molly would be released on December the 5th and the 6th. Then suddenly, when there was out rage, not just in Ireland, but in the United States, over such an early release, the Department of Corrections went to the Combined Records Office and asked them to look again at the release date. Now, the district attorney in North Carolina, Gary Frank, said that he was surprised at such an early release date, but that it had nothing to do with his office. And when the Combined Records Office looked at it, suddenly it emerged that the calculations were incorrect. And in a statement that was released a couple of hours later, the Department of Corrections in North Carolina said that a mistake had been made, that the early release dates were wrong, and that on the new recalculated um, release dates, Tom and Molly Martins would be released from custody in June of 2024. According to the captain at the Davidson County Jail, the Department of Corrections miscalculated that release date. Last month, the father and daughter duo were sentenced to 51 to 74 months in jail for the death of Molly's husband, Jason Corbett, back in 2015. But again, just minutes ago, it was confirmed Molly Corbett and Thomas Martins will not be released from jail this week. Instead, they will be released in June of next year after going to a state prison facility. We are working. And I think what's very interesting about this is that until now, so essentially for the past four weeks, Tom and Molly Martins have been in Davidson County Jail. Now that's a local county jail, it is not a state prison. In 2017, when Tom and Molly Martins were convicted, they were transferred from Davidson County Jail to a state prison within 24 hours. And I think the question that the Irish family want answered is, why are Tom and Molly, were Tom and Molly Martins in a local jail for the space of four weeks why hadn't they been transferred to a state prison? And why is that state transfer to a state prison only happening today as we speak? And Ralph, am I correct in, in thinking then that um, Jason Corbett's family only found out that the Martins were being kept in, I think what you kind of described as a county jail, because of the fuss that emerged after this date was detected? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems beyond credence that the family of a man who was beaten to death in such appallingly violent circumstances, they actually learned about the projected early release of his killers from the Irish media. They had no contact from any justice organization in North Carolina. And their initial reaction was that it was a mistake. And they had spent almost all of Monday desperately trying to get clarification from the authorities in North Carolina. And the problem for them was it wasn't the responsibility of the district attorney's office. The North Carolina Department of 
corrections were desperately trying to figure out themselves what was going on. And their normal route would be that within North Carolina, there's a very, very strong victim support network. In fact, every prison has a victim liaison officer appointed, but that's at state prison level. So when they went to the justice organizations in the states, they were referred to the liaison officers who deal with the state prisons. But of course, Tom and Molly Martins were not in a state prison. So the liaison officers had no information and were not able to help the family because for some inexplicable reason, the father and daughter had been kept in a county jail for the space of four weeks. And Ralph, it seems there from the way you're kind of taking us through this, is there a chance that had the projected early release date not been spotted and had the media not started to make a fuss, is there a chance that the two of the Martins could be could be preparing to walk out of that county jail today? I don't think there's a chance, and I think it would have happened, most certainly. I, I think the only chance that would arise is if this was realised after Tom and Molly Martins had walked free, I think there's very little chance that they would have been brought back into custody once the mistake had been realized. So I think it is quite fortuitous that it was the media realized or spotted this on the website that they had gone to the family, they'd given the family a platform to vent their upset, their shock and their anger. Even if Tom and Molly Martin serve a sentence up until next June, it is essentially a very, very light sentence for having taken a man's life in such appallingly violent circumstances. So had the media not highlighted this, I think it's not a chance, it's virtually a certainty that Tom and Molly Martins would both be released uh, within 24 hours. And it is so important to talk about the family because you mentioned there at the start what they went through for a couple of weeks last month, they felt that that was a character assassination on Jason Corbett. They were never happy with what they perceived as the leniency of the original sentence. But to have been put in this position where they were basically getting tidbits from the media all throughout Monday, it seems like an extraordinary way to treat a family that are still in the middle of such grief. I I don't think it's unfair, Ellen, to describe it as an insulting way to treat the family the family who lost a loved one in such, you know, shocking circumstances. And let's remember that this family have gone through eight years of a, a effectively a meat grinder of a judicial system. The Corbett family have made 25 separate trips to the United States in their campaign to see justice done for Jason Corbett. I think it's also worth remembering that by their actions on August the 2nd, 2015, Tom and Molly Martins rendered Mr. Corbett's two children, Jack and Sarah, orphans. They were orphaned by the actions of this father and daughter in the early hours of the morning. The kids worry every day. Someone they love could be taken away, just like Jason and just like their birth mother. Jack and Sarah blamed Molly and Thomas for taking away their father. They describe abuse at the hands of Molly and how she broke them by taking away their dad. And there have been so many questions left unanswered about the circumstances of Mr. Corbett's death. And I think what was most upsetting for the family about the two weeks sentencing hearing in North Carolina was that everyone was represented and defended at the hearing with the exception of Jason Corbett. I mean, it it appeared almost free reign to make accusations and allegations about Mr. Corbett, both in terms of his domestic life and in terms of his personality. And nothing could have stood in starker contrast than 
the image of the man and, and the character of the man as set out by his family and the people knew him best and the character of the man as depicted by two admitted killers in a bid to secure a, a more lenient sentence. What, what sticks with me is what the judge said. The judge listened to it. The judge is very experienced. The judge believed that their statements in their videotape interviews and their statements to the Department of Social Services right after this happened were truthful and believable. And it was just very difficult for her to have to listen to them saying that she somehow hurt them, um, which I just don't believe is true. And Ralph, have you had a chance to, to talk to any members of the family this week? You have spoken extensively to, to, to many different members of the family. And I think the only thing you can say is that their shock is matched by their anger. Um, an incredulity that something like this could possibly emerge. Um, Tracy Corbett Lynch, who's Jason's sister, who has very much led the justice campaign for her brother over the past eight years. I mean, she was very eloquent yesterday uh, in terms of trying to address the impact on the family of these events. Um, she described th this early release as effectively a betrayal of the family and their trust in the justice system in North Carolina. Worse still, she said that the early release of Tom and Molly Martins, after just four extra weeks behind bars, having put the family through a grueling ordeal of a sentencing hearing, was tantamount to an insult to his memory. And I don't think any words of mine would match the impact of what Mr. Corbett's daughter, Sarah, said in her very, very moving victim impact statement. She looked directly at Judge Hall and she said, in asking for a heavy sentence, for Tom and Molly Martins. She said, Your Honor, my father's life is worth more than a few years behind bars. And the problem was that the family this week found themselves in a situation where they were being told that Jason Corbett's life was really only worth a couple of extra weeks behind bars for this father and daughter. I know we're dealing with different jurisdictions and different justice systems and even the complications of the Corbett family having to to fly over and back. But like what you've outlined, what happened this week, it, it, is, it is kind of jaw dropping. What does it tell us about the justice system in North Carolina and how is this story kind of being reported or responded to over there? Well, the media in North Carolina themselves, I think, are describing this as jaw dropping because, again, like this isn't a minor crime. He had suffered such horrific injuries. And yet, in Tom and Molly Martin's own words, they acted in self-defense. And for the family, and I think for people in North Carolina, to see them receive such a quite a lenient sentence of just over four years for killing a man in those circumstances, and then to hear that they could potentially walk free after just four weeks behind bars, and for it to be explained away as some type of an administrative error or an administrative miscalculation, it really does, I think, strike at the very heart of confidence in the justice system. And certainly from the Irish family's point of view, from what I've heard over the last couple of days of talking to them, they're certainly going to be looking for answers as to how this possibly could have happened. And that seems like a fair question. I mean, is there going to be any effort on the part of the judicial system in North Carolina to investigate how this happened? Well, we've been told that there is an investigation underway, Ellen. Um, again, whether we're told about it 
uh, whether anything from that is published. Um, certainly, I think the investigation has already highlighted the fact that the release dates of December the 5th and 6th were incorrect, and they have been amended now to release dates from prison in June. But whether it goes further in terms of explaining how it happened or how it could possibly have happened, we simply don't know at this stage. And my thanks to Ralph Regal. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall and Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hannerty with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from Fox 8 and Independent.ie. And for more breaking news on this story, check out the Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.